straight from the boardroom to the microphone. I'm April Garcia, and this is Pivot Me, easily applied tools and hacks to get you ahead. This isn't just a podcast. This is an upgrade for your life. Helping good people become even better. This is Pivot Me. So my guest today is Al Klein, the founder and owner of the Appraisal Group, also known as TAG, a real estate appraisal company that provides commercial and residential valuation services. Um, We'll drop his website in in the links as well. Um, Located in Maple Grove, uh, Minnesota. I guess it's a suburb of Minneapolis. Um, He also holds the highest professional designation in the appraisal field. (laughs) The MAI, also a master's degree in real estate appraisal from the University of St. Thomas. This is a guy that knows real estate. We are excited to have him on. Thank you, Alcline. April, you are you are something else. You are the best, <laughs> to say the least. Oh, now, this wow. is, it's a great honor. It yeah. absolutely is. Thank you very much for inviting me on. This is really cool. Very yes. cool. That's great. Well, and Al, here's the thing. Like we, you know, Al and I know each other really well. We were, um, Al was in one of my masterminds for a long time. We've gotten to know each other and, and know business fairly well. And I knew that you were, you were still full steam ahead during this time. And I wanted you to come on to share some of the things that you're doing and we'll kind of go through some questions, but share some of the things that you're doing to, to move you and your team ahead right now. So before we get into that, tell us about who you are and what you do, Al. Sure. Uh, again, my name's Al Klein, and uh, I own a company called The Appraisal Group, and we do commercial and residential uh, appraising. And I've been doing this for a long time. Oh, my God, since like about 1980 in, in that area. And I've had my own company since right around 1995. Mm-hmm. So it's been about 25 years. And uh, we do appraising for a number of different purposes, primarily lending commercial lending and, and situations like that. But we also have a division dealing with residential mm-hmm. appraising. So for people that are on this podcast, and whatever, if you apply for a mortgage or a home mortgage, you're going to have an appraiser come out to your property. And that's what my company would do. They would come out and they would inspect the property and, and render an opinion sure. of value on the property. And then, then the lender will then lend against that appraised value. And we do appraising for a number of different reasons. Not, not only just the lending part of it, but we have a division dealing with uh, eminent domain, which is a, if the government comes in and takes part of your, your land or your property or whatever, uh, we do it before and after analysis. And that's really a specialized type of a thing that we do. And, but we also do like property tax appeals. If you, you get a tax, uh, a property bill in the mail that you're thinking, oh my God, this assessed value is way too high. And you'll, you'll come to a firm like mine and we'll do an independent appraisal, which you then will provide to the, the governing authority. And then a negotiated new value is arrived at. And then your, your property value and hopefully your, your taxes would be lowered also. And we do it for, for buyers and sellers too, just rendering an independent yeah. opinion of market value. Al, I've, I've, I've got to be honest here. Um, I've been a real estate investor since I was 19. I didn't know okay. you could do that. <laughs> I didn't know that we you can could, do it. You could push we back on it. the assessed value. I had no idea. Oh, wow. absolutely. It's, it's a big thing. As a matter of fact, uh, an associate that works for, for my firm, Dan Boris, 
is absolutely the best. And he's done casinos from hotels to wow. whatever, not, not just in Minnesota, but around the country. Yeah. And uh, it's a specialty type thing. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we're, we're very well, you know, branched out in a number of different areas. Yeah. And I was hoping that in any kind of situation that we'd run into, oh my God, we're, we're taken care of because we, we've got different things we can do as part of appraising. Yeah. Yeah. So Al, I, I loved, uh, thank you for that. That was very clear. And obviously you just enlightened me and no doubt yeah. many other listeners that are going, wait a second, I, I didn't know that I sure. could uh, dispute that. But so in that time, so you've been doing this for a long time, you've seen ups and downs in the market. Um, and a lot of people are saying we're in an unprecedented time. And I would agree that the combination of circumstances are unprecedented. But um, uncertainty, a tumultuous market, those are not unprecedented. You've seen a lot in your time. Can you kind of speak to that? Um, the real estate bubble, I mean, you've, sure. you've seen the ups and downs. Sure. In the real estate industry, uh, since 1980s, we've seen the ups and downs, beginning like in the early part of 1980, where the market just went totally south. And mm. for those that uh, uh, can recognize Interest current interest rates today, like the current interest rate, you get like a four percent rate or whatever. Um, back about 1980, 81, 82, the, the typical rate was right around eight percent, mm. and then the market went way south. Believe it or not, the, the rate went down, went up to like 18 percent. So, if you can imagine today, a four on a hundred thousand dollar mortgage where you're you've had a four percent mortgage, a four percent interest rate on a hundred thousand bucks, you're paying about Four hundred and fifty mm-hmm. bucks per month mm-hmm. on an eight percent interest rate, which was typical at that point in nineteen eighty. Um, it would jump up to be like seven hundred and fifty dollars per month wow. as part of the payment, PI only. Yeah. But then when it jumped up to eighteen percent, oh my god! A typical on a hundred thousand dollar mortgage, somebody was paying upwards of fifteen hundred dollars per month. So, but the thing is, the market wow. got better then. It went down. Then it, it came down to where it was around eight percent and, and etc. Then around uh, uh, 9-11, there was another drop where mm. for a brief period of time, people uh, just got very concerned and the markets got really crazy and everything like that. And they went down, but they came up in a relatively short period of time. Um, if you can remember back in 2006, 2007, 2000, prior to 2008, oh my God, the market was on fire mm-hmm. and people were buying with little or no you know, background oh, yeah. checking and stuff like that. Property values went way north and uh, all of a sudden it hit a bubble in about 2008 and everything fell apart. Sure. And property values came down dramatically. It took about a, a period of three to five years for it to normalize again. Mm-hmm. And uh, right around 2014, it started getting better again. And around 2016, it started to see even a higher upward trend. And as evidenced over the past uh, few years, oh my God, it's just been on fire again in, in many areas, both residential and commercial. And as a matter of fact, if you look back over the, since 1970, studies have been done. If you're going to put a thousand bucks into an investment, your, your best investment would typically be real estate mm-hmm. as compared to the stock market. And that has really held true up until about you know, the last couple of years in the market, uh, the stock market just went uh, bonkers. But sure. uh, the, the point being is that I've experienced all these things, ups and mm-hmm. downs and the plateaus and the lowest that you can imagine. And it always gets better. It mm-hmm. always gets better. And you just have to keep that, that kind of anticipation that you're going through a, a brief period where it's kind of down, but it will get better. Mm-hmm. I've seen it 
the ups and downs so many times over my career of 35 plus years. Oh, Al, I think that's exactly what people need to hear right now. Thank you for uh, perfectly articulating that sentiment of, hey, I've been, been doing this for a long time and this is the benefit of having someone that is, is an expert in this industry that's seen all the ups and downs is that um, what goes down must come up and what goes up must come down. It's just, it's, it's cyclical. It will get better. Um, we're, we're weathering a storm right now, but there are still a lot of opportunity here. Um, and I, I've heard this, the comparison of the marketplace to the real estate bubble. And um, I was very familiar with it. I worked in finance at the time. So I worked at Wells Fargo and Chase Manhattan. And not only did I work as a lender in finance, um, we were also heavily leveraged in real estate. And one time I remember um, with a very wise CPA say, are you familiar with the eggs in one basket? <laughs> your income is in real estate. Your retirement's in real estate. Your portfolio's <laughs> all in real estate. The guy was smart. It didn't listen to him. That was many years ago. Um, if he's listening, he'll have a good chuckle right now. Um, but when we know better, we do better. And I was, I don't know, young and stupid at the time. So um, I wasn't that young, but I was younger. So, uh, but the point is, is that we have, we have seen downturns in the market um, and they come back up. It always gets better. And I love what you're saying. And just, just to highlight on the real estate piece, because I think it's really important. You were saying, hey, interest rates went from 4% all the way up to 18%. I just really want to clarify, guys. So that means the same house that you could be paying $450 a month with no larger purchase price, the same purchase price, you are then paying in upwards of 1800 a month. So really keep that in mind because I think we're a little bit spoiled at how cheap money is right now. We just think, uh, I, I've spoken to many people in the marketplace that maybe haven't been in it as long as, as you or I have and they think, oh, well, 4% is normal. 4% is amazing. Like it's, this is cheap money. Um, and, and to your point about real estate being a great investment, I think it was John Way that always said buy land. That's one thing they're not making any more of. Um, but historically real estate has done well. But if you, if you, if you zoom in and you look at this little pinhole, you may see these ups and downs and they feel uh, huge and uh, catastrophic. But if you pan out, you'll see that there is this constant upward motion that you can't get hung up on the little ups and downs. So Al, thanks for giving us um, some clarity on, sure. you know, Hey, this, this has happened in the past and it will get better. And, right. um, and that doesn't, and, and it might still be a perfect time to buy. I know some people are like, well, let me wait and hold. And, and the thing is, is there are people that are going to move right now. Um, and it's likely to serve them I'm mean, moving in that they're going to progress even at this time that they're not waiting and seeing what's happened. They're going to, they're going to take steps to progress even in these times. I'm just going to say that, uh, it's an unknown time period right now. We just don't know. As a matter of fact, in our industry, everybody's going, what do we do? Have property values, are they starting to go down or are they leveling out or, or what actually is happening? And nobody knows because mm -hmm. this is really an unknown period that we've gone through. So as a matter of fact, on the end, of, in the addendum of, to each report we put out, whether it's a commercial report or residential, we're identifying just that we're in a very unknown period. We're not quite sure the impact mm -hmm. it's going to have on property values. We're assuming, at least initially right now, that they are going to um, remain level and, and not go down or not go up uh, more than likely, but um, just kind of weathering this period for, for how long it may take. That's really good to know. I, I hadn't appreciated... Uh... Thank you for that insight, Al, because I hadn't appreciated what a, what a pickle you could be in, that people now more than ever are asking you to look into your crystal ball, right? Al, what's the market yeah. doing? You must have a, yeah. a lot of people asking yeah. that question. 
Well, it's really difficult, but here's what we're seeing in my industry. Again, we do both commercial and uh, residential appraising. Mm -hmm. The commercial market, uh, I'll be honest with you, it's kind of uh, depressed right now. And it happened like over the past month. Mm. And and a good way that that I can tell when the markets are changing or or activities changing or whatever is the amount of inquiries that we get from commercial lenders primarily. Uh, Calling my firm, Al, we need a a bid on a, a... hotel, we need a bid on a restaurant, we need a bid on an apartment complex or whatever. That has really softened over mm-hmm. the past probably couple of weeks since everything kind of came to, to a head. And we're, we're also seeing it locally. There's a big apartment complex. It's been going gangbusters, but uh, one mile from where I live. Multi-unit, uh, a townhouse, and an apartment complex. They were, they were striving to complete by the end of May. All of a sudden, it's slowed down a little bit because, number one, I think they're losing some of the workers possibly. Mm-hmm. But secondly, they're probably under, wondering, okay, what is the rush? What's going to happen as soon as we finish? Because sure. we have, we get 500 units that we have to fill up. Yeah. So that is the, the part that, at least temporarily, the commercial part, I think people are just kind of holding back a little bit, just not sure what's mm-hmm. going to be happening. The residential part, however, for appraising, oh, my God. It's like on fire. It's, really? it's unreal. Well, well, it is. Not the purchase component, although there still are purchases going on and there's still uh, very limited uh, supply, mm-hmm. w- which makes it still, you know, it's still a, a seller's market in that regard. Wow. However, okay. um, people are seeing the low interest rates and still wanting to, to refinance. And here's still wow. a really good opportunity for that, that to occur before whatever happens to them on an individual or professional basis, they still will be able to qualify and and get a lower interest rate and lower, hopefully, mortgage. And and so that component part of it has really, um, it's it's actually going up, the refinancing part of it. But what's really interesting, too, is how the appraising part of it. One thing that uh, I found out for the first time in my life, April, I found out I'm essential. I'm an essential guy. I'm, I'm an essential worker. My, my, we at least we my knew profession. you were, Al. We knew it. I was so happy to hear that. <laughs> but now I'm essential. I'm so happy about that. You matter, Al. You matter. <laughs> but in general, the real estate industry is essential. And it is, along with a number of different other ones. And so consequently, they're looking at us to, to kind of lead the way in terms of uh, continuing what we're doing. Um, the appraising part of it is very unique because with this uh, coronavirus thing, I think a lot of people are hesitant about going into a commercial building, going sure. into a home, and not, not just us going into it, but the people having the appraiser come in. Sure. It's just the unknown thing, and so it's kind of screwy. But, and you had asked me, uh, you know, has this spurred any additional work or whatever? Well, it, it, it has actually. Now, uh, Fannie Mae and HUD, have come out with alternatives for, for doing an appraisal. And, and this is unbelievable, wow. actually. They're, they're, they're calling it a desktop appraisal. Mm. And a desktop appraisal is a traditional appraisal we would do, but we get our information from any source that we can get. We can go to the county. We can go to the city. We can mm-hmm. go to the real estate agent. It, it doesn't really matter. As a matter of fact, uh, one of our prime sources will be to, to contact the homeowner. And have the homeowner, we'll interview the homeowner about the property, how long they've owned it, the improvements they've made, but also go to a point like, hey, can you do me a favor? Go around your house, take photos, do a video, and send it to me. 
So I'll be sitting at my desk and, and doing an appraisal based upon information that's being provided by others without me even actually going physically out to the property. Wow. So it's like a new element out of nowhere. And there's, and it's, oh my God, my primary contact for, for that just we had a conversation yesterday and, and there's several appraisers that are very hesitant about mm -hmm. going into property. So it's kind of, but they're also hesitant about doing an appraisal like that. Because yeah. how can you do an appraisal without physically going through it and physically seeing what it looks like on the inside and the outside in the neighborhood? So it's a new, it's a new arena that we're dealing with. And it's an unknown thing. But I got to tell you, I like it. It's a lot easier. I can be at my lake place doing an appraisal, you know, <laughs> just getting information from others. So we'll see how it plays out. So Al, wow, there's so there's so many things I want to thank you for that. There's so many things I want to ask you about that. Um, I want to go back to the commercial market here in a second, but I, I want to ask you as far as doing the desktop appraisals, appraisals, couple of things. One is, are you guys being afforded any protection in your evaluation, considering you can't physically inspect it? Well, that's what we're we're putting what's referred to as an extraordinary assumption okay. at the end of each report. That's the addendum you're talking about. That yeah, we, we just don't know. Because okay. we're going through an unknown period, maybe this will only last two additional weeks. And that would be a mm. beautiful day if that happens. Or maybe a, a month or two. Who, who knows what it's going to be, but it could be very quickly. And I'm anticipating it's going to be quicker than, than longer type of thing. And wow. so if you just have that quicker type thing, it's not going to have that long-term impact. And yeah. we'll be able to ramp up very quickly again. So sure. it's just we're, we're qualifying our report in the degree that no one knows. Mm -hmm. You know, like you said, we don't have a crystal ball. No one does. Sure. Sure. Yeah. So a couple of things I want to just highlight in that. And then I want to ask you about the commercial market. One is that for those listening right now, we can only see a few of you guys. I see Christina's there. I see Eric Miller. Good. I really wanted you to hear this, Eric. Um, um, Eric is a real estate investor that I work with. He's um, a client and a friend and he's been pushing into the commercial market. So the second we started talking about commercial, I'm like, Eric, are you listening right now, Eric? Go. I know you are. Um, and I see Christopher, um, also a client and a friend, and Anne, and it says six others we can't see. So thank you so much for dialing in. My apologies that we can't actually see who all is watching. But if you have a question, drop it in um, the comments or send us a private message. Um, a couple things I want to highlight in what you just said, Al, that's really important. So for those that are listening, one, money is still cheap from the bank. Hear that. Two, people are still buying and people are still refinancing. It has not come to a screeching halt. Al's busy. His company is busy right now. So I think we hear, we hear a lot of the doom and gloom and, and not to minimize it. Um, we definitely need to take our precautions and we need to do our due diligence, but business is still moving ahead. So I really want to highlight that money's still cheap from the bank. There's still options and people are still refinancing. And hats off to, I think you said it was um, Fannie Mae or, or Freddie, that pivoted so quickly to move to desktop right. appraisals. I mean, they're an 800 pound they gorilla did. and you they don't did. get 800 pound gorillas moving very quick. <laughs> so I'm impressed that they responded, that they pivoted that fast. They did. Are you struggling to stay focused? Still need to get things checked off that to-do list, but finding it harder than ever. Be productive, be effective and perform at your best. Even though the world has changed, this is still a great time to get work done. In my new digital course, Multiply Me, I'm going to show you how to be laser focused and wildly effective. You will learn how to get three times as much done, but in less hours a day, even now. 
You can literally multiply your output. You can master a productivity tool today that will give you a high performance advantage in any season. Leverage this window to take back your time so you can enjoy the life you've earned. Join us at pivot-me.com and be notified as soon as Multiply Me launches. Come back to, you said about the commercial market um, that you've seen some slowdown, which is indicated by the inquiries and things like that. So, so that's specific to what's happening today in this last week or two. So that's the pinhole. So if we pan out and say not specific to this instance, but historically, again, since you've been doing this for a long time, you've, you've had a tremendous experience and education around this. What have you seen when the commercial market softens? Is it okay, people wait for, and not to put you on the spot, this is all just kind of um, speculation, but people kind of hesitate for two to four weeks and then people start jumping in and see the opportunity or what what typically happens historically? Well, historically, it's just kind of a a, a perception is reality. And Mm -hmm. that's true with anything. And as soon as uh, people perceive that, you know, things don't look that bad, they look okay. And then just kind of like what you alluded to, interest rates are not only low for residential, they're historically low for commercial right now. Mm -hmm. And I'd Mm -hmm. almost guarantee, because the federal government is so uh, concerned about the economy in the short term and the long term, they're going to do everything they can to motivate the market to get back on and just be on fire again, which it had been prior to this happening in the past couple of months. So I, I would surmise that when we do get through this sooner than later, you're going to see a lot of incentives for people put out by the government that um, it's going to make it very much more affordable for the small business owner as well as the large business owner. And I'm a small guy in a big field, but but I'm looking at that too. I've got uh, two meetings with uh, two different bankers, and they're going to go through all the options that are currently being afforded. They, mm-hmm. They've contacted me. As a matter of fact, I have a seminar this afternoon that I'll be uh, part of just seeing what is being offered by the federal government. So the point being, when we do get through this period, it's not just going to be you know, stagnant. There's going to be incentives to get people back in. And I think it's going to be dramatic. Yeah. Oh, that's what we need to hear, right, Al? That's that's absolutely what we need to hear. Um, because it's easy to think, and we've talked about this a few times on Pivot Me Live, is that it's easy to think that, um, you know, to only see this, to only see COVID-19. But this is just a chapter in our book. This is not the whole book. So recognize there's other chapters that happen after that. Like this is substantial, um, but there's more chapters and, you know, you can still push into markets. You can still expand your portfolio. There's, there's going to be options for you. So, so we talked about industry specific things, Al. So let's talk about your business in general. Did you, did you have office staff um, that are now remote. I, I, I know that you were in an office. What does that look like for, for your team? Well, this is where I will give kudos to you, April. Um, I was part of the, the business mastermind group uh, a little over a year ago, I believe. And mm-hmm. with another four or five people that were just on fire like mm-hmm. I was. And, 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 but you made us on fire. Oh, oh my God. Every, every, every day when we'd meet in our group, we would... Uh, I still have not forgot as part of that how you give it, get us revved up because it's a big thing. If you're motivated, if you're on fire, you're, you're prone to be really uh, receptive and participating and all that. And, and so that was really good. But as part of that group, you know, I formulated a couple, you know, long-term goals that, uh, that I, I put into effect. At, at the time when I was with the group, 
I was struggling as a company. I, you know, the, the, there had been some transitions that um, I had to work through, but I came to the conclusion while I was in the group, and I, I know you're, you're going to know what I say. My decision was to simplify yeah. everything about my company and about my, my personal life. Mm-hmm. And I've done exceptionally well with the, the business part of it. I still got to work on the personal part of it. But. <laughs> that didn't get squared away yet, huh? Yeah. No, but it's the, a but work the in progress. Business, well, that's exactly right. I mean, at one time, I had 25 employees working for my firm. And uh, although we were profitable, we were not profitable enough. Mm-hmm. And I got to the point, like, why am I killing myself to, to accomplish this? And, and to me, the biggest challenge, I think, is having very competent personnel that work for the firm. Mm-hmm. It's not saying I didn't have competent people because we did. Mm-hmm. It's just that it was not a comfort level for me. So my decision to simplify was to really uh, to minimize the number of employees and to use contractors, mm-hmm. primarily commercial contractors for commercial work. And these commercial contractors are people that are, that are established, that have been in the industry for 10 plus years, that are good. Yeah. Good commercial yeah. appraisers. That I can they don't need them. managing. Reliable. They yes. don't need managing. Yeah. It's like I don't have to be there every day because I'm not good at that. I, I just I, I request somebody to do something and I expect them to do it. And mm-hmm. then I'm not going to look over the shoulder. Mm-hmm. And But that wasn't necessarily the case. So mm-hmm. what I've done, I, I've minimized the number of employees. I've, include, I've uh, put more contractors in place. And not only is my life a lot better because of it, I haven't been, I've been, never been as profitable. As mm. I've been right now. Oh, Al, that's so fantastic. It worked. And, and it, it, it's unbelievable. And in, and in my industry, it's perfect, too, with, with the technology that's come uh, to, to, to the forefront that uh, allows me to, to do things that I couldn't have done five or 10 years ago, mm-hmm. specifically the cloud environment and being able to work remotely, not having to be in an office. Although I own an office building, we don't have to be there. There's no purpose to even being there. I'm at home yeah. right now talking to you. Yeah. So I've, I've, what I've done, I've looked at my entire company, I've immersed myself into it, into mm-hmm. things that I never wanted to get into, but I did, at your suggestion, as by the way, and mm-hmm. I put myself into areas that I was very uncomfortable, like the accounting part of it and stuff like that. I remember but I learned about my firm. I learned yeah. about my firm and, and I made changes and I come around it like, all of a sudden, even though we're in a downturn right now, everything's looking good. Mm-hmm. Everything's still looking good. Because you were prepared. I, I love this, Al, and I love seeing the aftermath of our conversations. I remember the switching people to contractors and right. sort of W. It's it's a it's a joy for me as a business advisor to hear the aftermath of what what happened, and I also think I heard a, aggressive head nods from a few clients that are watching right now. Um, right. It, it, it's it um it's fantastic to hear that sometimes giving getting bigger in our business is not the answer. Um, we tend to think it, right? More employees, more revenue. A um, couple of things to consider about that. More, more employees can be more people and issues to manage because managing staff issues is often our biggest, our biggest nightmare. It's not necessarily product fit in the marketplace and the, the customers. A lot of times it's managing staff issues. Um, and, and I don't mean that in a negative sense, but if you're a business owner, you were probably nodding your head right now. Um, the other thing is, it's not about the revenue because revenue is for show, profits for dough. So people will say, well, I run a $10 million business. Well, how much do you keep? Because $10 million doesn't mean anything if you, know, you only get to keep 
you know, 1% of that. So um, I love that you've changed some things and your profit has gone up and it sounds like your quality of life is a lot better too. Yes, dramatically. Absolutely. And you embrace technology um, and it sounds like you embraced it um, uh, before it was needed, which right now it's needed. Um, Just really using, like you're saying, using cloud technology, using things like Zoom and and all these things that maybe were not um, at the forefront of your industry a couple years ago. It seems like you wrapped your arms around it and in time for you to weather this storm better because you're already prepared to be on a digital platform. So what? Well, absolutely, okay. and, and my industry. I was just going to say. I mean, mm-hmm. I mean, appraising is a commodity. It's looked upon as being all the appraisers after they've reached a certain level have the same level of competency, and mm. uh, it, it really got down to timing and fee as to whether we'd get an assignment or not get an assignment. Mm-hmm. So you have to differentiate, and, and so the differentiation part that I took it upon myself with my firm, and we're still working through it. Have not finished it yet. But it's a big thing is the timing component of it, mm-hmm. whether it's commercial primarily, but also residential. If, if the typical uh, commercial report takes three weeks to complete and we can do it in 10 days to two weeks, that sets us apart dramatically. Sure. And even though our fees may be a little bit higher, they know that they can get a report back in a, in a shorter period of time. Not mm-hmm. only a report that they get back, but a report that's equal to or way better than what's being put up out by others. So that's yeah. been my goal, still working through it, but the technology has really helped us to, to achieve yeah. that as we're going forward. Yeah, I do remember your reporting process was second to none, Al. So I imagine that's really right. serving you right yeah. now. So what hurdles are you guys facing in your business and how are you getting over that? Whether that's technology hurdles or just even staff is a little unsure and so we've got to be you know, uh, attentive to them. I mean, what, what hurdles are you facing? Well, the, the um, hurdles, you know, I'm not seeing so much hurdles as really mm-hmm. getting people in place to do specific things to, that need to be done. Mm-hmm. Being a, a sole owner of, the, of this business, my biggest challenge, April, actually is moving forward to <laughs> what do I do with this? When I decide to not work as much as I had been working, mm-hmm. it's very difficult to, to sell a uh, you know, a business like this, a small business, mm-hmm. I mean, without the owner being involved in it directly. Yeah. And so I've kind of worked through that. And, and but believe it or not, my 16 year old daughter has expressed an interest in getting involved in, in appraising. She's okay. very bright, very smart. And, uh, and she sees that there can be a huge benefit for her too. Sure. So, um, what I'm doing is kind of integrating her in, in a lesser degree but also bringing other people in that can help me um, as an outsourcing type of a company to, to, to provide things that I can't do internally. Mm-hmm. So there's no really challenges. I'm working through everything that, that I need to have done. It's more market-oriented at this point. Mm-hmm. And when it turns around, we, we're going to be prepared for it. Yeah. Have you seen, um, I'm glad to hear that the, the hurdles have been minimal um, and excited that your daughter expressed interest. Tag might end up being a family business. Um, yes, that be, would be good. Yeah. Yeah. That'd be amazing. <laughs> <laughs> um, so 
have that you, would be a good thing. Have you had to adjust um, expectations with with your staff? Um, I know that you moved largely to the contractor model um, in relation to this has come up on a few calls of people are at home, people are at home with kiddos, um, like manage. Okay, I, I've pushed out timelines on when something is, or you're getting reports at you know twelve o'clock at night instead of five p.m. Have you had to adjust expectations with your staff? Well, a little bit resulting from what's happening right now. I mean, mm-hmm. like I mentioned, there, you know, some people are rightfully so are a little apprehensive about sure. uh, uh, going out inspecting and stuff like that. And, and I can appreciate that and, and I understand that. And I think the lenders are understanding it too. Mm-hmm. They're being all of a sudden, it's like, okay, if you're going to be a day or two late, they understand what's happening. As a matter of fact, they're almost lethal <laughs> and happy that, that we're able even to achieve it because. Uh, in many cases, you know, people are just hunkering back and, and not even going out their door. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that's pretty much the way it is right now. Yeah, we've definitely seen an adjustment both here at Maven and the Pivot Me team, um, and also a lot of the the Pivot Me live interviews that we're doing across the board across industries. Of okay, we have to be we have to adjust, and um, a lot of uh, the companies had like a nine a.m. huddle for their team, and they're still doing it. But they said it just looks different because people are doing the huddle with like a kid on their lap or with you know the dog running around in the background. And one thing that I've said is I think this process is definitely humanizing us. Um, because in the business place, we usually put our best foot forward and we have a very, you know, put together, um, front that we project, right? We speak a certain way and we conduct ourselves a certain way. And you, um, suddenly start seeing everyone's backstory, right? You see like, you know, someone making dinner in the back. I was doing an interview, um, yesterday and I could see their partner preparing dinner in the back. And I thought, well, that's something I've never seen because I've talked to this person, you know, a hundred times and I've never seen their partner making dinner in the background, but it, it, it humanizes us, right? It, it reminds us you of bet. our commonalities. Um, yeah, no, Absolutely. That's, that's amazing. Absolutely. So talk to us about the opportunities that exist. So whether that's opportunities for you in your business, um, like, you know, one of our, one of our um, guests, uh, Frank Clark had said, hey, what's my competitive advantage in this market? So whether that's, again, opportunities for you in your business or opportunities for buyers and sellers in the marketplace, what opportunities? Yeah. You know, for me in particular, one major opportunity, I believe, and again, it's uh, because of the technology that's currently available to us, but also the information that's available to us mm-hmm. by go- by government, local, you know, cities and counties and, and, and things of that nature. You know, we're once uh, at one time where we were kind of locked into a, a certain area because you didn't have the information. Now, you know, I thought about opening a branch in a different part of the country. I thought about Florida, I'll be honest with you living half the year in Florida and the other half in Minnesota and um, being able to, to, to come back and forth between Florida and Minnesota. Well, the thing is I can have my staff in Minnesota do all the preparatory work for, for a property in Florida, whether it's commercial or residential, even though they're not there, they're mm-hmm. going to do all the stuff that they would do in Minnesota mm-hmm. that, that they can also do in Florida. So it's a preparation work that's, um, and the availability and the technology has allowed my business in particular to, to expand wherever I want to expand to. Mm-hmm. And again, like I said, with my professional, I'm not trying to be a big thing or anything, but, but it's true. With my credentials, I can pretty much go wherever I want to go, even out of, out of the country. It, it doesn't matter. And, but the technology has really afforded me the opportunity of doing that 
and the availability of information that didn't used to be readily available like it is today. Yeah. No, that's amazing. Um, yeah, it's, it, um, it's never ideal, but um, never has there been a better time for a pandemic because of our connectivity, <laughs> right? Right. <laughs> the cloud, the digital platforms, all the tools. Right. Um, we definitely are well prepared digitally for this. I mean, there's strains and bandwidth issues and some sure. platforms have crashed and things like that, but they come back up. Um, so we are definitely staying connected through that, both business-wise and otherwise and socially. Um, so let's talk about how you're showing up right now. So again, you and I know each other really well, and we know mm-hmm. how important mindset is and managing our mindset, especially in a time like this. We have to be very um, intentional about how we're showing up as a leader and for our staff and for our family. I know that you have um, kiddos, they're a little bit older, but you've got to be intentional on how you're showing up for those people. I, Talk to us about, are you, are, are you thinking about, hey, am I demonstrating courage or just am I reminding people that it's okay? Like, what, what does that look like for you? Well, first off, the fact that I found out I was an, an, an essential person <laughs> really did, <laughs> it did help out, I'll be honest with you. And the fact that uh, I knew I would still have work if I wanted to have work. Mm-hmm. So that alone is a comfort level. I can imagine people that didn't have that uh, categorization would be have more of a challenging type of a thing. And so, sure. um, but it still is not suggesting that th- there aren't limitations. And I mentioned how the commercial work has really gone flat. Well, residential has gone bonkers for the most part. So I'm just mm-hmm. kind of like you're talking about pivoting. I'm pivoting from the commercial area where my company primarily is mm-hmm. now going to the residential and taking advantage of it where it is currently right now. So, and, and, and you know, and, and trying to be, there was one question you put out, like, what am I doing to uh, aid others or to, to, uh, to recommend, you know, just doing something positive that will benefit others in this kind of an environment? I'm, I'm not thinking to myself, I'm not really doing a damn thing. I'll be honest with you. So, uh, but today I'm taking my dog, Charlie, for a walk. We, we, we uh, back up to a nature area, it's a, uh, trails along the nature area and stuff like that. And I'm taking them for a walk, but somebody had taken the initiative to write in chalk on the blacktopping pathway little sayings. And it looked like a woman because it's very flowery and stuff like that. But, but it was things like, enjoy life. This is brief. You know, things that are very positive. And as soon as I read it, I felt better. It, it was unbelievable. So somebody had a very creative way to put something out on a pathway that isn't just going to affect me and my dog, Charlie, anyone that's walking along there or biking or whatever. So I guess my point being, it, it kind of woke me up that you can do something very simple mm-hmm. like that and make a difference in other people's lives. Wow. That's so good. Al, it's funny that you mentioned that because we've been doing that. Me and um, the girls have been doing that. So we went around to all their their friends' houses that they go to school with and we wrote on their sidewalk. That um, is cool. And it was that so, is so cool. They've lo- and then we actually went to their school <laughs> and we wrote on the outside. And as I'm watching like our six-year-old write in chalk on the school, I thought am I teaching her vandal, van, like how to vandalize? I was a little concerned about that. I was like, honey, wrap it up. Let's just get in the car. So hopefully they, they won't pursue. Cause I know there's like, there's video cameras on the premise and they're like, is that, 
is that April Garcia? I'm pretty sure that's April Garcia vandalizing our school. I'm like, it's with hearts and flowers. Come on. But, um, yeah. but what a simple, <clears throat> to your point, what a simple way to just brighten someone's day, you know, and people are kind of, we're up in our head and we're absorbed in our own thoughts and our own reality. And when you see something so simple as a note and, um, in one of my, um, one of my later masterminds, there's a gal, um, Rachel, she's, she's been amazing through this and she's very, very isolated. So she's way up in the North, uh, kind of Montreal area, but farther North, um, Canada. And she lives in a community with a lot of, um, elderly people. And, uh, I think they're in condos and they're very restricted. They're very isolated. They've been really hard hit. And, uh, I love this. She, um, she wrote cards to all of them and slid them under their doors just saying, if you need anything, she's one of the few, you know, younger people that live there. And she slid cards under all of their doors. And she's telling us yesterday, she's telling the mastermind group about how, you know, now she's in regular communication with this 93 year old woman that was apparently her neighbor. And she's, she's like, Oh, you just don't know how much that means to me that you reached out. And there was another guy in his late seventies that like needed a car. And she's like, well, we're not using ours. And she gave this guy his, her car. So he could well, get in for groceries and he's like, well, then I'll go to the store for you and pick up groceries and just, I mean, talk about, um, you know, I, I've, I've said earlier that um, um, someone had shared with me, uh, he's completely right, that it, in times of celebration and in times of sorrow is when real relationships are formed. And there are people right now, uh, you, your business is doing well. You are an essential business and, and you're faring well and that's fantastic. It's just, it's such a good reminder that there are people right now that are really struggling and are in their moments of sorrow. And this is when they need that message with sidewalk chalk. This is when they need a note slipped under the door or a text from you or a video chat or someone. Um, we're all experiencing this in different, in different ways. And there might be someone who's so incredibly isolated or whose family has really been hard hit. And just such a simple gesture like that can mean, uh, mean everything to them. Cool. Good for you for doing that. Cause it made <laughs> a big impression on me. I thought, Oh my God, that, that's so cool. Yeah. Very good. It's that's been, great. it's been, it's been good. In yeah, fact, it's um, really cool. Yeah, it's a sidewalk chalk, right? I mean, that's it's exactly so what it is. Yes, yeah. it's yeah. so simple. Of course, the day we did it. So we live in Nevada, right? It's the desert. It never rains here. <laughs> the day we do it, it rains. I'm like texting all the parents: send your kids out, see the see it before. <laughs> yeah. So I don't know. Mother oh, Nature had another idea, but um, that's cute. So, so Al, talk to us about. I want to be cognizant of our time because I think I, I I think we talked about 30 minutes, and and here we are, but um. Talk to us about some of the habits that you're doing right now. Let's, let's make this two parts. So the things that you're intentional about right now, so whether that's yes. a morning routine or a walk with Charlie, and also the things that you're staying away from right now. Yeah, um, I, I tend to get away from a routine. That, and when I get away from this routine that I've had, I, I tend to notice that I'm not as on fire. Like, I'd like to be on fire like you all the time, April. I mean, I was <laughs> today. And, and, the, and the way to be that for me, I, I do a number of things. And number one, I, I do take a walk or I bike for, for at least a half an hour every day. That's mm. good that I have a dog. I'm able to do that. And, uh, and I work out, you know, three, four times um, per week. You know, it's really interesting because, uh, if, and I'm just kind of a, a side note here. There's this Japanese doctor that wrote, at age 100, wrote a book on how to live to be 100 years old. Mm -hmm. And he lived to be 105 years old and then died, work, still working 12 hours per day. But he, he suggested things like, number one, just have fun. Have fun. 
you know, realize to have fun and do something you really enjoy yeah. and never quit uh, your business. Never leave a, a career type thing. So anyway, I, that's kind of an aside, but that's what I believe in. Um, so that I, I do the, and I do meditation. I'll be honest with you. I've gotten away from that. I think meditation is huge. It's, mm-hmm. I do uh, TM and I, I try to do it at least once per day. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. probably a big thing that I do and I'd gotten away from, but I'm back into it again. And, and it's a, um, a friend of mine and, and a business consultant, uh, Michael Bailey. He's out, actually out of Utah. This guy is just phenomenal. But he cut me into uh, journaling. Mm. Journaling has just been huge for me. Oh, yeah. Because it's a platform to put on paper anything that I'm struggling with or whatever. And not only that, things that are, are positive that happen to me in a, in a good manner during the course of the day or whatever. Mm-hmm. And that I can refer back to. So I've, I've got back into that. And, and so the, those are the primary things. And, and just kind of keeping a, a positive mental attitude and, and just mm-hmm. kind of being on fire, being active and, and, and all of those things. Yeah. Yeah. Is there anything that you're keeping away from? Like we talked about your yesness list. What's on your no list right now? Uh, keeping away from, and it's something, that, you know, most people will think I'm very positive. And this is something I should probably just keep away from because it's not a good thing. And, it, and uh, it's, I should just not even get on there, but it's on Facebook. And in this current political climate, I, mm-hmm. sometimes I get involved in conversations after I get involved. I wish I hadn't, you know, simple as that. Or I, I wish I would have left it in a very positive uh, matter instead of not so positive. So that is probably the singular thing is just maintaining a positive mental attitude in any environment. Not only what, what I'm writing down, and, but it's what I'm saying and how I'm acting sure. and, and all of those things. Yeah. And the thing is, is uh, some people, especially people who, if, if, you know, we haven't spent time um, studying this and you and I have, but we don't realize that we, when we get on and we read something, if we watch something, it influences us. Your, your social circle influences you. The people that you spend your time with influence you. The things that you read influence you. So be very careful what you're allowing to influence you right now um, because it's hard. Your brain doesn't always discern fact or fiction. It just sees, oh, I saw this and this is what's happening. This is what's happening everywhere. And, and we've got to be so careful. You know, I always say, mind your mind. Um, be careful about where your mind is going and be careful of the things that you are feeding it because it then becomes your reality. And so if we're on and we're reading articles and we're like, oh, I'm just going to see what this is, you'll kind of forget that like, oh, I just read that such and such happened. It was like, where did I even see that? Was that real. So just being very aware of what you're allowing in because you do get influenced. Um, even if that's not your intention, even if you just want to be informed on what someone is saying, um, it's going to influence you. And we've got to be so careful about what's what's influencing us. Um, yesterday, I had a chat with um, also a, um, a client yesterday, and she was talking about how she's like, I'm not watching the news anymore. She said, I'm practicing meditation. I am um, uh, you know, doing a variety of things. Like I'll listen to podcasts. I'm listening to a lot of books on tape. And she's like, and I'm leading my team and focused on my business and I'm working out more than ever. But she's like, I've just cut out that component of it because again, focusing on the things that we can influence and we have control over. She's like, as long as I'm doing my due diligence, you know, I don't want to stick my head in the sand and pretend like things aren't happening. But as long as I'm doing my due diligence, I just need to stick with what's in my, my circle of, of influence, my circle of control. And anything out that outside of that is just going to drain me. That's exactly right. Absolutely. 
we're yeah. on the same page with that. For sure. no <laughs> that doesn't surprise it. me, Al. <laughs> so Al, oh, and we, we had a couple of the people hop on. I want to um, say thanks, Teresa, for hopping on and, and Robin for hopping on. And unfortunately, Facebook has this annoying habit of just saying, and five other people got on. So um, to whoever those five other people are, by all means, if you have questions, either drop them in the comments or send us a, a separate comment. We're happy to answer. Um, real quick, I'll, I'll wrap up with two questions, but I do want to say that um, afterwards, the Pivot Me Live will be put on our pivot-me.com um, website. We have a new landing page that is specifically to COVID-19 interviews with business owners. We'll be sure to include that too. Um, and then this on the back end, the audio will become a proper Pivot Me podcast through all the usual channels. Um, in closing, just a couple of more things, Al. Um, what would you say, what piece of advice would you give or words of encouragement would you give to other business owners that are listening right now? Well, I, I thought about that. And, and actually, the, the, what I would give as an advice would be what came from my older daughter, Katrina, who's actually going, she's in Colorado right now, going to the University of Denver. She gave me a gift uh, a couple of years ago that I put on, it's a magnet, I put on to my refrigerator. It's a quote by Winston Churchill. Mm. And what it says is, never, ever, ever, ever give up. Don't give up. Like right around the corner, it could be something just unbelievable. And not, not just not, don't give up, but put yourself in spots where you're maybe not as comfortable as you might want to be. Like for me, this is not the most comfortable thing, I'll be honest with you. But, but I did it because I knew, number one, you were going to be the one leading this. <laughs> so, but I knew there, there'd be a benefit to it. So I, my advice would be just things will get better and it could be short. And just know that there's something better out there waiting for us. Yeah. Yeah. And you know what? Just to just to tag up on that, something that you said earlier, I just want to bring those two statements together. You were saying, hey, I'm pivoting my business away from commercial right now. I'm focusing on, on residential. For those that are out there that are struggling, um, the way that we did business before, it might need to look different. So what I've seen sometimes is people go, okay, well, business came in through the store um, and it slowed down and now I'm going to double my efforts on the business that's coming through the store. Sometimes that's not the answer. The answer is look for the pivot. Like, okay, you can't just double down your efforts on what worked three weeks ago because the game has changed. Um, we're, we're playing a different game right now. And that doesn't mean just sit and wait it out. We can't do that. Um, but we have to look for, for how, we can, how we can pivot. Don't throw in the towel. Look for another way to do that. Look for a window that opened. The doors closed. Look for the window open. Because, because as the saying goes, what got you here won't get you there. So we've got to, whether that's drop a new tool in your tool belt or just cr get creative or, or take a look at like what Al did and say, okay, commercial's a little slow. That's okay. We're going to double our efforts in the residential side and that's booming. If he would have just doubled his efforts in the commercial space, he may uh, have, have not enjoyed the fruits that he is right now. So be creative about where you're getting your revenue streams. Get, be creative about um, how you're showing up for your clients because even in this season, especially in this season, um, one of our other interviews, Jackie had said, um, communicate now, talk now because everybody's listening. So you can still solve a problem for people right now. It just might be a slightly different problem than it was three weeks ago. And that, that's okay. So just like Al pivoted, where's the pivot in your business? But I love, I love the uh, never, never, never give up. That's uh, it's exactly what we need to hear right now, Al. Okay. So Al, you've, uh, you've uh, given us some great information and um, it's just fascinating what you shared about the industry specific. How, how do we support you, Al? What can we do for you? 
Well, <laughs> that's too leading. I had a couple of things come right to mind, and you know me. So I do. I'm not going to say. Don't describe say it uh, here, Al. <laughs> I'm not going to go in that direction. No, I just think I loved what you said about the attitude thing, about being positive, doing like what you did with your with your kids, going mm-hmm. out doing the chalk type thing, something very simple. I mean, just being kind to other people. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? And 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 forget about the political stuff right now. And just mm-hmm. kind of focus on where you really want to be at individually and as a family and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. So if you're asking me what do I like, I, I would just like people should be, shouldn't be, just be nicer, be kinder yeah. to each other. Do little yeah. simple things like what you're doing. It'd be yeah. really cool. So Al, have you decided, I'm going to put you on the spot. Have you decided what you're <laughs> going to do? So the sidewalk chalk inspired you. What is Al? Is Al getting some sidewalk chalk? What are, what are you doing? Well, you know, I like what you said about the, the little note type thing. Yeah. You, you know, and um, I just kind of thought about just sending out either email note or to, to mail out a note. Mm-hmm. You know, when you, get a, when you get something in the regular mail, you don't get much very often. You get a yeah. little note with a quick note and, and you put something very positive on it. People mm-hmm. don't forget that. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So I think I might do something like that. I think that's amazing. And people have dropped off gifts at our, our door. And, and I'll say it because Eric has sent me a message um, that he actually wanted you to sing me happy birthday. You do not have to sing me happy birthday, but technically it is my birthday. And I've gotten these little notes on our door. And today good, it is? Yeah, today it is. Oh my yeah. God. Yeah, it is. <laughs> so. You don't want to hear me sing happy birthday. <laughs> but happy birthday, April. That's beautiful. Good for you. God thank bless you. That's great. Thank you, Al. Thank you, Al. Um, But I've gotten, um, (laughs) thank you for that. I have gotten a couple little notes and a friend, um, Janelle had, (laughs) she knows how to get straight to my heart. She left me baked goods yesterday, which which, um, was so great. She's like, this is for your birthday. And and she, and then she left a project for our kids. uh, Just, just an incredibly kind and thoughtful person. But, um, you know, and I, I know my parents want to stop by and sing me happy birthday at some point for, at a safe distance from a car. And, and it just, it's, uh, you know, it's, just, it's so cool to see how people are getting creative and still showing up. And, uh, you know, a friend had said, hey, can we bring something by or we'll play you some music or something. And people are just getting really, really creative. And uh, if we look for it, we can feel more love and supported than ever. So, This can be isolated, but if we choose to focus on the creative part, I mean, we can really pour into each other right now. We can really connect on our human level and not just not just business or not just the relationship we had, or or um, we can show up as as more compassionate leaders and and just more compassionate people. And I love what you said about being patient and kind to people. Um, If we get nothing else out of this, I think that would be a huge benefit. Cool. Very cool. Thanks, Al. So where, where do we find you? So we're going to drop your links in. Um, is sure. that the best place to find you is through the TAG website? Sure, that'd be fine. Or if, if you need to, if somebody did want to email me, you could give out my email address. That would be fine too. And, oh, that would be and, amazing. Uh, it's acline at tagmn.com. Um, but either way. That's we, fine. We do have one quick question. Um, sure. uh, Christopher, I just asked in the real estate industry for a new broker in the market, where would you suggest my focus be? In the real estate market, uh, starting yeah. out. Yeah, um, he just switched over about a month ago, Christopher. You're going to okay. do amazing because of who you are, but yeah. um, it's a relevant well, question right now. Yeah, a friend of mine just got into the real estate market a year ago mm-hmm. and uh, she went to work for, for Remax. And I, she just put on Facebook a couple of days ago, 
She was named Rookie of the Year in the industry. And the way she did it is just, I mean, she's just a very upbeat, positive. She's like you. I mean, always positive, upbeat. I like her already. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) And then she just would do whatever it would take. And she knew she put a lot of hard work into it. Mm -hmm. So hard work and a positive optimism and getting with a good broker, I would think would be huge. Somebody that that can mentor you Mm -hmm. and, and just be prepared because it will open up again, you know, and hopefully it'll be sooner than later. It'll just be on fire again. Yeah, he aligned. So Christopher is in uh, Puerto Rico. Um, we we work together as well. And um, so one of the things he did is he aligned with a brokerage firm that was top notch in Puerto Rico. That he he aligned with the best of the best, which was cool. a fantastic move. Um, the other thing is you were saying about hard work and hustle, and also how you're showing up. He's an incredibly positive person. And so so Chris, I know you're listening right now. Um, one of the things that you're going to offer the clients that you work with is is your upbeat, your calming presence. Um, there is uh, a comfort in talking and working with Christopher that not all agents can provide. Uh, you're going to get the expertise from the brokerage that you aligned with, right? They, they know the market very, very well. And so you can lean on their expertise for the industry-specific knowledge. But people are going to want to work with you because of the way you make people feel. And I, I really want to emphasize that, that you've made a big change recently, but man, the way you're going to make people feel is going to be priceless right now. So Chris, cool. keep at it. And as Al says, well, originally Winston Churchill, but now Al has said, you heard it first here, people, uh, <laughs> by the guy that coined the phrase, what the Al, that's another story. When Don and Mike hear this, they're going to have a good laugh. Uh, what the funny. Al. But um, thank you, Al, so much for all well, the information. This has been it amazing. Was very, it was an honor. That was re- it was really fun. Thank you so much, April. You're the best. Thank you so much for dialing in today. And don't forget, make sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcast. And if you love what you hear, give us a five-star review. It means the world to us. Hit me up on Instagram at the April Garcia or check us out online at pivot-me.com. This is all made possible with the support of you listeners, the numerous contributors and our clients. Our music and production is by the amazing Rockwood Audio. Join me next time for more tips on how to hack success. And until then, make it a great day. Thanks, guys. You guys are amazing.